I remember from, one time we were talking to our guy, Tory Holt, and I remember you saying this. Everybody looks good in shorts. Everybody. But the guys that you know are next-level guys that have another notch, they look a little bit different in shorts. It's the future. Down in distance. On WGNRadio.com. Georgia brings four. Again, out of the shotgun. Ball up in the air. Caught, picked off miraculously by Dion Bush. Third down, good blitz pick up that time as Terrell launches. And he's got his man, Braverman, tiptoeing the sideline. He stayed in bounds at all. He did. Touchdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Down the distance, DAD Pod on Twitter. It's your boy Jared Payton alongside my man Sean Davis. Follow him on Twitter, SD2Mikes. I'm at Payton Sun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. Love being able to interact with everybody out there, especially if you're a sports fan. Hit us up, send us your comments. We'll definitely be hitting you back. But now we definitely got to start talking about what's about to happen. Baseball is live here in Chicago, but we do have Bears rookie minicap coming up. This weekend, Friday to Sunday, the rookies will be at Hallis Hall, partaking in some some nice festivities there at Hallis Hall, trying to cram in as much as possible. These coaches want to be able to see if these young men can kind of maintain and handle the plays that they're going to be able to throw at them. Sean, I look at the situation, and the one thing that I look at after not only just the draft, but when you look at what Ryan Pace did in free agency – um, the one thing that comes out of this is that this Bears organization is at a depth and at a lot of different positions. And I think with, with that depth, we're going to see some more competition, which is going to be great. And I think with competition, you get a chance to really kind of take a look at who is going to be that right person for that spot on your team and how this 53-man roster is going to shake out. I think one position that I look at that I know – you know, I think people, my eyes are on not just because I played the position, but it's the running back position when you look at what's going to happen there. You have Jeremy Langford, who a lot of people believed and still probably believe is going to could be the future for this organization after Matt Forte left. I still think that young man still has to get better in a lot of aspects of his game, which he's going to have to kind of buckle down. And the way that he trains this, this offseason, we'll see how he comes into the season. But you go and get Jordan Howard from Indiana in this year's 2016 draft. And I think that adds to what Ryan Pace and John Fox want to do and how they run the football. I don't think it's going to be, you know, just getting to the outside anymore. I think we'll start seeing a little bit more stretch and zone plays. And I think it's going to open up things for what Jay Cutler and those wide receivers and his tight ends and the pass catchers are going to be able to do by how teams are going to have to defend them if they can run the football successively. And Kareem Carey is in there. And, you know, coming into all this and not seeing what they were going to do, C.J. Anderson was mentioned early on in free agency. That fell through. So were they going to go out and get a veteran or were they going to go out and get somebody in in the draft? And we saw that they, they got their guy in the draft. How those three kind of coexist – and how many guys, I mean, how many running backs, because they'll probably bring in some more free agent running backs as well. It's going to be funny to see how many running backs they keep 
and how this kind of shakes out in that position room. But like I said, Sean, they're they're adding competition with all the depth that they have, and we're going to start seeing that guys are going to have to be able to step their game up if they want to have a chance to be able to make that 53-man roster. This minicamp, what is it really all about? You've been through one as a rookie. So how do you make your mark as a rookie? Don't make mistakes. Don't make mistakes. Mental mistakes. You're mental of. mistakes. They, they don't want to see mental mistakes, and you have to be able to get through. You know, you just got out of a process where you were basically training for a track meet, right? And your body, whether you either you're either dropping a lot of weight, most guys do, or you're adding weight, and you got to figure out a way now to. You've been training that whole time for that for the combine and for your pro days, and now you have to get back into that football shape. And sometimes you come into camp wanting to overexert yourself because you want to show what you can do. So I would say the biggest two things are is when they throw stuff at you and the knowledge, being able to comprehend what they give you because they're going to throw a lot at you in those little couple of days to see how much you can kind of you know, handle. And then also, too, don't get hurt. Don't pull a hamstring. Leave yourself out. You, you have to be able to be smart about this because, yeah, you had your biggest job interview not too long ago. But now you're at your job, and now you have to be able to show your employer, yo, that I'm one of these guys that have to be on this roster. Like, you need me on this roster. And the only way you can do that is by making plays. So you know, how you interact. It has to be a different pressure and motivations and chips on different chips on the shoulders of these players coming in. You take a guy – Top 10, right? You look at Leonard Floyd. He comes into a situation where there is depth, but there's an opportunity for him to come in as a specialist early on. Mm -hmm. Look at somebody like Ronnie Stanley, who's coming in pretty much knowing you're penciled in as our left tackle. Jared Goff, you're penciled in as our starting quarterback. So now the different dynamics of the, the pressures and different pressures that are on certain players coming into this minicamp, how does that usually play out? Can, is it possible to be a prima donna in a mini camp as a rookie? Uh, you see it uh, every wow. once in a while. You see guys come in, and you know, depending on sometimes I think it comes from where guys are coming from, like what programs guys are coming from. You know, you got guys that come in with uh, different mentalities from where they come from, and you know, I've seen guys come in and do that, and then next thing you know, by the time it comes to to training camp, those guys, after first cut, some of those guys are, are gone. And I think a lot of those guys, and I think you can have the prima donnas and guys that are a little bit cocky who are first-round, second-round draft picks that come in, maybe. But it's not, I don't, I've, I've never seen it that – it's not that often. But you do have guys that come in and believe that they're better than everybody else. But I feel like you have to have an edge while you're out on the football field. But when you're in the locker room, how are you acting with the guys? How are you interacting? So they will be at the facility lifting. Like right now, right most now. of the rookies are at the facility lifting if they're under contract. Um, I don't think we lifted. We just came in and right away came into meetings and stuff like that. We didn't really hit the weight room by the time uh, rookie minicamp. We just had to report, be there, and be able to go through everything before with all the rookies there. So we didn't actually hit the weight room. I don't know if things have changed, though. I mean, that was a – feels like a long so did, time did ago. Did it have the same feeling as an incoming recruiting class? Yeah, it, you really do. I mean, the guys that you come in with, you, you feel like you have this bond with them over time. 
and and it does it starts at rookie mini camp because you guys are all coming in together, but it, it really. So then kinda, the next camps where the vets actually come in. Yeah, it, in the you, following now, now you now listen. Now you really feel like you guys are an incoming like recruiting class because. I mean, you guys are more, most of the time, I don't know how the Bears do it and where all the guys stay, but I know in Tennessee we all stayed at the same hotel. So we're all at the same hotel, and you're all on the, either on the same like two, two, three floors, so you see everybody every single day. And you keep those rooms during camp. So during camp, this Man, is the craziest thing. Man, a security thing. camera on that, that floor, yeah, yeah. dude. Exactly. But let me tell you this. <laughs> the What's different than in a recruiting class is – like I said before, over time, you start to see guys leave. And and it, I became, when I was in Tennessee with the Titans, I basically saw everybody left who, were, who weren't drafted guys leave and get sent home with their bags and their papers. And it ended up being me and three guys on the floor that were left, on one floor that were left from all of the undrafted guys that were, you know, brought in for yeah. camp. And so you... you you start to miss these guys. You're like, man. Or you start thinking where the pressure comes in of how you have to be able to maintain and keep progressing so you have an opportunity to be able to stay, whether it's on practice squad or you make the 53-man roster. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of pressure, man. And, and then you, it's a difference. Ozzie Newsom, long-tenured general manager, correct? Yeah. So now when you come in as an undrafted player or mid to late round pick it's all business it has to it's be. all business right it has to be all business but so, now you come into a situation with ryan pace you kind of feel like and you might get this feeling if you like have a new coach at a college and his first or second recruiting class right you kind of feel like okay we're his guys we're young but we're his guys he believes in us. So, you hope so. You hope so. But he do, he's do, he did his job by getting you there, okay? So now it's your so job. Now, now it's your job to be able to to make sure that you can stay there. And it also is huge because your position coaches and how they like you and how they see you picking up the knowledge, how they see you kind of retaining all the information they're giving you. If you could be one of their guys – that's where they go into those meetings because every single night during training camp and even in these mini camps, those coaches are staying late hours, watching all the film, talking about everything. You're being watched all the time. It might not be by a inside the, the facility with the, the video cameras that they have there, the surveillance, but everybody's watching you. I remember From, one time we were talking to our guy, Tory Holt, and I remember you saying this. Everybody looks good in shorts. Everybody. Everybody. But this is the thing. The guys that you know are next level guys that have another notch, they look a little bit different in shorts. Hmm. They look a different little, as in they look a little different, bit different as in they give the perception to other guys like, oh, I might might be just as good as them. No, nah, they they because some guys, you know, they're like, uh, then when the lights come on, it's like they have another switch well, that it, they can hit it's, in practice when it's live. But it's hard with it's hard when you're talking about it. And I, I think more, I'm in my mind right now. I'm thinking more of like skilled position players. You can see it. You don't. You can't really tell with guys that are, you know, in shorts playing linebacker or 
you know, D-line. It's real hard. Offensive linemen, they have a tough time because they don't have any pads on. They bang every single play. Right. But you could tell receivers, running backs, just by a little maybe a, you could just tell, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a little different. And you could tell by the way they practice where a guy and where he came from. Like me, the one thing that set me apart when I was at Tennessee was I learned this from my coach at Miami, Coach Saul. When you got the football in a running play or you catch it out of the backfield, you take it all the way to the end zone. You keep going. You go all the way to the end zone. No matter even if you get stopped, you take it like you're scoring so you get that habit of scoring, of being in the end zone. And I think one of, that was one of the things that set me apart than some of these other guys is they weren't used to that. They would catch the ball, go 10 yards, and then run right back, where I would take it all the way to the house and come all the way back. And people don't use that as also conditioning because you're not always getting conditioned in practice. Not always. So you use that as your conditioning. And in the game, it kind of it, it, it flows over to the game. Where you can have that, where you're not worried about it, and you're like, man, this is good. Let me, I already, I'm, I'm used to this already. Where you get four or five plays back to back to back. This is how it goes. So we're going to see. Like, I want to see how guys kind of get used to everything. And, 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 and with this being Dow Loggins' first, you know, being the helm of offensive coordinator and seeing how this goes after, you know, Seeing Adam Gase leave, and the now, lingo shouldn't be too different. Though. No, it's not going to be too different. But there's going to be things he's going to want to do that are a little bit different, probably, just because you want to leave your stamp, right? That's his style. Yeah, I mean, I look at you. Same foundation, though. It I has at, to be for Jay. It has to be. It's going to be the same. I think they'll throw in a, a, more things that, as they looked at film from last season, things that they did well, things that they can kind of. I think you do that after an evaluation period every single year. But even with you, I mean. Your dad, being at the church and having the church for as long as he had, and now you come in to do what you do, yeah, there's a foundation that was set, mm-hmm. but you still do things a little bit differently little because bit differently. it's because it's you, but you still have the same principles from where you learned from and where it came from, but you kind of changed it around. And so I think that's what we'll see this year with this Bears offense and defense. Things are going to change a little bit, but it's, I think it's going to be changed for the better. So I think Bears fans have a have an opportunity to really sit and watch something kind of grow. And your expectations should be they're going to be better than they were last year. Is it playoffs? Yeah, I think they could find their way into the playoffs. When you look at the schedule, especially that back in the schedule, I feel like you you can. But it all talk it all starts with how you handle your division. It's got to start there. Don't be thinking everywhere else. I know you start thinking about the Texans week one. Think about how you take care of your division. Can you beat the teams in your division and let everything else fall where it falls? So based upon everything you just said, the guy that really has a chance to be like that guy that's like, ooh, mm, it's Daniel Braverman, right? If he comes out and you're seeing him doing the Wes Welker in the slot, making the moves, shaking somebody, getting open every play, you're like, oh, seven-round pick? Yeah, we might have something. Well, I I already think they have something in him because if you watch his film, what he can do, I mean, and it's that position of playing in the slot. I think the Bears have missed that with Earl Bennett, the last real threat that they've had in that position that was a little that Jay felt comfortable with. Best all time was what Dennis Gentry. Yeah, I mean, you need that. You Man, need is that. that. An That's indictment. A, 
What? Is that an indictment? What do you mean? That the best slot receiver all the time for this team? Nah, it's not, it's, not, it's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, DG was, he could line up in the backfield, line up in the slot. Pinky. That's what his nickname, man. Pinky? Pinky. Pinky. So anything, you look at what he can do in seventh round, I mean, you get a steal there. Um, I think for me, I think I look at, you look at where the, what the Bears did and you t- said this, and it jumped out to me last week when you mentioned this, is that you know, most of the question marks for this Bears draft is really, and I don't think it's a bad thing, it's just a question of figuring out how it fits, is, going, is Leonard Floyd is your first-round pick. That's what most people are talking about. I mean, you talk about Which is Cody, weird, right? Yeah, which is weird because you We're all, sitting up here talking about Braverman, possibly. Who's, who's the seventh-round pick? Seventh-round pick. We're good with him. But then we go to the top, and we're like, Mm. I, I, it's going to be tough. Cody Whitehair, I think you, you see with Matt Slauson. I think with Slauson going, yeah, it was a little bit of a threw me for a loop, but I just think that you can have as much depth as possible and you need as much depth as possible at the offensive line. If you're going into a season and a guy that gives you the ability to play multiple positions is a guy that I believe that you have to have around. But there might be different strategy of where this team wants to be headed so we'll see what happens there are you, about, are you worried about the depth Nah, that offensive line nah i don't know until i i'm scared a little bit but you never know what's going to happen you've seen it before where guys get hurt How and then the things... lines are really that deep in the nfl i, I don't know i want to know those numbers though you know the game has changed totally stacking changed. the offensive lines where you literally have four or five guys that end up in the hall of fame yeah. From one offensive line, you don't see that a lot anymore. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My, one of my favorite picks in this draft, Jonathan Bullard, though, from Florida. I really I, – I believe in the third round they got a guy that's going to come in. He flashes. He flashes, man. I mean, just keep an eye on him. Stay healthy. Keep an eye on him. I think he can really help be a difference maker for what the Bears are trying to do You know, the last pick we got from Florida that we thought – and I'm, I'm not talking. I'm something. not. I'm not. Mr. Bombastic. Fantastic. I'm done with this, man. Hey, man, as always, hit us up on Twitter at PeytonSun, P A Y T O N S U N S D 2 Mike's on Twitter for Sean D A D Pod for the podcast to get everything that you haven't heard or old podcasts. As always, we were here. Now we're gone. Peace. Have a good day, everybody.